Good morning, church. How y'all doing? Everybody excited to be here? All right, we got five people, six people. All right, well, if you will, turn with me to the book of John. It's the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. All right, that's where we're going to be this morning. Y'all just hang out right there at chapter one as you turn. Um, I got some quick things I want to share with you guys. Uh, this past week, um, we had VBS here, um, and man, it was, it was amazing. Um, if you haven't, if you wasn't here, you missed a blessing because, man, it, it really touched me. Um, we had, uh, I cooked all week long, so I didn't get a lot of interaction with the kids until the last couple days. But um, it was really cool to see there was a lot of kids here that needed love. There's a lot of kids that came that needed to know not only who Jesus was, but also there was people that loved Jesus that loved them. We had over 63 kids in, you know, in total, I think the most, the most we had um, and one night was like 63, and so that was phenomenal. One of the things that tickled me was how um, Miss Anita had told them to bring, or Lindsay, I'm not going to let you hold this on your own, but told them to bring change and bring them, bring wherever they can find it, just bring change for our offering. And you would not, uh, you would not believe the stuff we found in the offering bucket. But um, Lindsay was counting the offering one day, and uh, she comes up, and I was like, what, what's going on? And she had her, Lindsay's really white anyway, but her face was extremely white. And she was walking with her hands like this, disgusted. I said, what's on your hands? She's like, I don't know. It smells like poop, but it was in the offering bucket. <laughs> and so evidently they took that seriously and went wherever they could find change and got change. But it was cool because those kids all week long brought change. And Lindsay hadn't finished counting it, but we got over $300 those kids had brought this week. Amen. And what was cool is we're going to use that money to give back to those kids um, for when, when school starts back. So um, that was cool for me to witness that. But um, this next, uh, this coming Wednesday, um, we're going to start back with our youth, and uh, we're going to start it off uh, with a color war at my house. So if you have a youth, um, y'all come. I'm, I'm going to send out details tomorrow. Send an email with address and everything. Um, and there's a couple youth that are going to get a little special something. Um, because they creamed me with a cupcake in the face the last day of VBS. So um, revenge is mine. But uh, anyway, uh, that's where I am with that. I'm, I'm going to read John, and then we'll pray and go on into the Word. Y'all ready? Everybody found John? All right, amen. Let's, verse, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the, through the world was made, I'm sorry, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not recognize him. 
Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now thanking you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this precious gift of your voice in black and white and red. God, we pray that you would speak to us in a mighty way today. God, we pray, Lord, that you would set us free from the things that bind us down. Lord, I pray you would change our minds, you change our mindset, God. You, Lord, there's things that we have believed that has been a lie. There's things that we have uh, thought was the truth that it was just something that um, it was not of you. So God, I pray that you would break the chains of religion in our lives. We pray, God, that you would break, um, Lord, the chains of addiction in our lives. God, we pray, Father, that you would make us desperate for you again. I pray, God, today that you would save us, that you would change us, that you would redirect our lives. I pray, God, that you would set the captives free today. Lord, as we read your word and read John, I pray, God, that you would speak to us in an intimate way. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I love the book of John because the book of John is not like any other of the Gospels. If you notice in the beginning of John, all the other Gospels start out with talking about Jesus' birth, right? And so they were talking about Jesus' birth because people want, he want all the other uh, apostles, they wanted people to understand that Jesus was born of a virgin, that whole process. They wanted him to understand that. But John, he, he was like, I want people to understand really who Jesus was, who Jesus is. So when he started out, so many times we think of Jesus as little baby Jesus instead of realizing that Jesus is the conquering king, amen? Instead of realizing that, that he is a part of the Trinity, okay? And so it, I love the way John starts this out. In verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That kind of sounds like Genesis, doesn't it? Well, why do you think he brought you back to the beginning? Why do you think he, he, John brought it back? Because he wanted his listeners to understand that Jesus was there from the get-go, right? Before the world was created, before anything ever happened, Jesus was there. Okay, and so I, I love this. As I began to read this this week, it just really began to just give me a, a, just a greater awe of who God is because it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? The triune God. And so Jesus was with, the, this is the word, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was Jesus along with God. And the word was God. The word was with God. I love that because before anything was created, there was the Word. Jesus was with God. There was no, it was no, it was no afterthought. Jesus wasn't. Uh, it, he was all from the beginning. Jesus had a part in the whole part of creation. He said, "When God spoke, when God spoke, that, 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 that's the word that comes out. He was act, Jesus was actually part of, of activating creation and in, in, in the creation process. Right? We think Jesus just comes on the scene." As a little baby, but Jesus always has been. Does that kind of settle with you of the magnitude of who Christ is? It's just kind of like, wow. Maybe it's just me, but that's just, that's just how I feel. It's just like, man. And so when I think about that, 
See, see, much of our words reveal to us or reveal to others our hearts, right? What we say is our heart, right? It, it, it reveals to us what's in our mind. So Jesus Christ, he's God's word to reveal his heart and mind to all of us. We're going to get a little deep here for a little bit, and I'll pull back out of it. All right, I'll just hold on with me. But God was get, getting some heavy stuff on me. But so he can reveal his heart and his mind to us. John 14, 9 says that he that hath seen me has seen the Father. So if, if Jesus was pretty much telling people, look, if you see me, then you'd seen God. Because I'm God in the flesh. He was trying to make his hard-headed disciples understand that the whole three years he was with them. But we'll get to that later. I, I, love, I love that because a word is, is composed of letters, right? It's composed of letters. And Jesus Christ, he says it in Revelations chapter 1, verse 8. I love this. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, right? And when you think that, I've, I've said that, I've prayed that. I've said, God, you're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But when you read that, A is the beginning of the Greek alphabet, and O is the ending of the Greek alphabet. And he was trying to make the people understand, look, he is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He's not just saying he is the beginning and the end, but he is everything. He was in the beginning, and he's going to be the one that finishes this thing up at the end. Kind of putting some more validity to it by bringing in the alphabet. So, so when I read that, it just shows me how detailed my God is. According to Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 3, Jesus Christ is God's last word to mankind. He's he is the climax. He's the climax. He's the, he's the last word. How many of you like to get the last word in on argument? Huh? Everybody in here. You want to get the last word in. Let me tell you something. Jesus has the final say. Amen? I'm glad that the Satan don't have the final say, but my Jesus has the final say. Man, that's awesome. He has the final word. So Jesus is the word. See, we use words to describe things, don't we? We use words to describe things. Jesus Christ is God's word to mankind. Through Jesus, we get to see who God is. Through Jesus, we get to see how God describes to us by Jesus' words, by Jesus' actions, by Jesus' character, by Jesus' love. See, those things show us God's attributes because Jesus is the word of God. That making sense? I just I love that because it just shows you who God is. And all through the scripture, God, Jesus says that my father sent me. He wants us to constantly understand that, that he's not by himself, that he's coming out of the will of the father. So to know Jesus means to know God. We can't know God apart from Christ. And so then in verse 3, he says, Through him all things were made. Nothing was made. That has been made through him. I love that because you think about nothing that has been made wasn't made without Jesus knowing about it. Nothing that has been made from the beginning. Like, think about that for a minute, okay? Jesus Christ was going to die on the cross to save us of our sins, but yet he knew of our creation and our denial of him. Jesus Christ was going to die of our sin, but he, was going to, he knew of our ungratefulness for his sacrifice. Man, that's deep right there. That's, that, that shows 
compassion. That shows love. And that also shows drive to please the Father because knowing that he was going to the cross to die for some ungrateful people shows his passion for God because it wasn't about him. It was about glorifying the Father. And man, it's awesome to see how Jesus did that. I love it because when it says that nothing, all things were made through him, like Jesus had a part of making the tree that the cross will be carved out of to hang himself on. Specifically. Think about that for a minute. God, when you sit back and think that God don't have a plan for your life, you need to sit back and think about how detailed my God is. Nothing's been made that he didn't know about it. He didn't have a part in it. You know, and so Jesus being the word of God, I think Paul was, I mean, uh, John wants to realize that how big God is. He wants to realize God's deity, right? Jesus' is deity. So some, so many times we detach his deity from his humanity. Like we, we just think Jesus was a great teacher that walked on this earth and he was to teach us good ways to live instead of realizing that he was God in the flesh that came to love us and to, and to give us a way to even to be able to please him, right? So before Jesus even came as a baby, Jesus already was. John wants us to understand how big our God is. He wants you to understand the magnitude of who Jesus was. God in the flesh. You know, and I love that because so many times we detach those things and we, 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 we just push Jesus off as he's like this secondary thing. We sing about Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus. All about, but do you realize that Jesus was God's written love letter to us? The way Jesus lived, the way Jesus loved, those words in black and white and red all through the Gospels is, is, is God's spoken word to us. And he let Jesus be the vessel that that would come to us through. How amazing is our God? I'm looking around for one person that's happy. I mean, one person that's happy. One person that, that's, that's proud for having a God that's that big, man. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. And so when I read that, it's talking about in the beginning was the word. He's saying Jesus was was, was, was a deity. He was in the beginning. He was everything. So then he, he, trans, he transfers on down to verse 14 where he says, he talks about the word becoming flesh. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. And so John's wanting you to understand that you can't separate his deity from his humanity at all. You can't say he's all God. See, a lot of people give that excuse, okay? The reason they don't follow Jesus is because they say, I can't do the things Jesus did because Jesus was God. All right? And so, so the thing is, is that when Jesus was born of a virgin, what God did is he detached his deity and he came into human flesh, human body. See, Jesus can do all kinds of things. He's, he's omnipresent. He's just like God. He's omnipresent. He's omni he can be everywhere in one time. But when he came into a human body, he was only limited to a human body, right? He was only limited to human thinking. He was limited to 
He got tired, right? He got heartbroken. Jesus had emotions because he was in human flesh. Y'all with me? God, he, John wants you to understand that he came that way. Jesus came, the word of God, the beginning, the creation, become flesh. Because there was no other way to redeem us of our sins. There had to be a perfect sacrifice to come. So Jesus came to show us how to live, to show us what a perfect life submitted to God looks like. But then he came and died to pay the penalty of our sins so that we, if we follow him, would have eternal life. So when you talk about the word becoming flesh, it's so much more than this little baby, right? Because not only did that, and it was so much more than even the cross. It was so that we would see what a life submitted to God looks like. A true human being submitted to God, living for the Father. Every single thing he was doing was, was divinely inspired, was divinely motivated by the Holy Spirit in him, moving through him, allowing him to live a life of purpose. So Jesus... He was limited. I, I just love that part because when you think about in John, in 1 John 1, it says that we as Christians should live as Jesus lived. We should walk as Jesus walked, right? So if we should walk as Jesus walked, then we should pay attention to how he walked. We should pay attention to how he lived. He came to be our perfect example. Not this crutch, right? Saying, oh, well, he was God. Well, I, can't, I can't do that. I, I can't do this. I, I can't spend time in prayer. I can't do this and that because he was God. No, he didn't activate his deity while he was a human. Y'all with me? So he was, he was steady, just divinely walking with the Father. I love this part because, see, all the way up until Jesus meets John, Jesus hadn't done any miracles yet. Y'all with me? Read your Bible. You'll find what I'm talking about. All the way up until there, there's no miracles happened yet. Okay? He meets John. John says, there's the Lamb of God. John's purpose was to make a way for Jesus. When Jesus comes, he sees Jesus. He's, he, he baptizes Jesus. And the sign God told him that who the Messiah is is whom my spirit will come and rest upon. Right? So when he baptizes John... The Spirit comes down from heaven and rests upon Jesus. And then he was full of the Holy Spirit. And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Here come the miracles all next. Y'all with me? See, he was all man, but he could not perform the miracles until he was full of the Spirit. All right? So then when he was full of the Spirit, it was to show us what it means to be men and women that are walking with the Spirit of God. When you're walking with the Spirit of God, then you can do the things that Jesus did. The reason that we don't see the things that Jesus has done, done today is because we're not walking in the spirit of God. We're walking in our own thinking, in our own human capacity, and we're pushing all those things off, saying, I could never do that because I'm not Jesus. Yeah, you're not Jesus, but you have the same power inside of you. If you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in which you can do those things. You can pray with the same intensity. You can love with the same desire. You can have the same compassion, but you got to want it. Amen? And see, Jesus is that perfect example to show us a life truly submitted to God, what it can do. But yet we give excuses. See, Jesus is the Word, and the Word become flesh. I love that because Jesus modeled for us what it meant to love other people. 
See, we give these excuses of why I can't forgive people when Jesus is our perfect example, right? Jesus, Jesus was at the Last Supper with the man that was going to betray him, and he still washed his feet, and he still gave him bread. He loved him all the way through the whole process. See, Jesus models what perfect love is. Jesus could not have done that just being in human form. Only way, it was because he was full of the Spirit. To me, that's powerful. Do do y'all not get that to me? That's powerful to me because the only way that I can love like Jesus loved is I have to be walking in the Spirit of God. The only way that I I can... overlook somebody's imperfections is I have to be walking in the Spirit of God. The only way that I can see miracles, the only way that I can go and pray with power is I have to be walking in the Spirit of God, right? And Jesus coming and being the Word and being flesh shows me how I can walk, how I can please God in those areas of my life. He is our ultimate example. He is our Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through Him, right? It's not just about accepting Jesus, but it's modeling the life that Jesus lived. That's why the scripture says in 1 John that we should walk as Jesus walked. That gives us no excuse while we sit here and ride the pew every Sunday. We should walk as Jesus walked. We should love as Jesus loved. We should share our lives with people as Jesus shared his life with people. Jesus did life with sinners. Why don't we? Because we're worried about our reputation. We're worried about what people, or religious people are going to think. But Jesus didn't do that, did he? Jesus was walking with the Spirit, and he did what God said do, and he went where God said go because he was being led by the Spirit. If we would be people that were led by the Spirit and living like Jesus' model for us is coming into the flesh, then we would see God do a lot more with our lives. And he wants to do that with our lives, but it is what a true life submitted to the Spirit of God looks like. And that's what Jesus' is, his example, that's what John was really wanting you to understand, that not only was he God, but he was in the flesh to give us the example of what it meant to truly be submitted to the Spirit. And I can tell you, when you're truly submitted to the Spirit of God, you see incredible things happen. You go places that you thought you'd never go. You talk to people that you would never have talked to because you were being led by God instead of being led by yourself. That's why so many Christians live an empty life and they think Christianity is not exciting. It's not exciting because you're a boring Christian. Because when you're truly filled with the Spirit and you're walking with God, things are exciting. You do crazy things. I was talking, I was thinking about, I wasn't going to share this. Ben shared it with the connectors the other day, but I went, and, I went to Macon the other day, and I bought something. I was coming back, and the tire had a knot on the side of it. And if you know anything about a knot on a tire, that's a death sentence, baby. It's done. Tire's fitting to be shredded. It's going to go away. I didn't have a jack. I didn't have a tire tool. I didn't have one wrench in my truck. I was, I was disgusted. I was like, I ain't got a man card. I ain't got nothing in this truck. I get in, I get in, I start pulling it. I get to the end of the road, and, I, and it's like I heard God, I heard, I heard God, I heard the Holy Spirit say, pray over it. And I'm like, I ain't praying over no tire. That's ridiculous. And the more I sat there, the more I felt the Spirit, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it because you know what, I don't have no way, I'm going to be stranded. 
I get, I, and I went and I got my anointing oil. You want to laugh? I got my anointing oil and I put it on my hand. I rubbed it on that knot on that tire and I prayed over that tire. I said, God, I feel silly. This is my prayer. God, I feel silly. But God, I know your power. And I know that there's nothing too big or too small for your hand. And Lord, I pray if it is not, go on this tire. And I pray you let me get home safe. That was my prayer. I get in my truck. Peace, baby. I jump in and take off. I get to Forsyth, and there's a new Harbor Freight on the side of the road. And, I'm, and the devil's over here like, you better pull in and get a jack. You know that tire's going to blow out. And then that's what it means. That's why you got to read God's word and be, and, have, and be full of God's word because on this other side of my head was, was the Holy Spirit saying, you got to have faith of a mustard seed. You can move a mountain, son. And, and so I was like, all right, all right. I got that faith. I kept driving. I passed it, and then this side was saying, stupid. I got on the interstate. I was like, I'm going to drive 55. Like, nah, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to be like I'm normal. So I drove 75, just as hard as it go. Drove all the way. And the whole time I'm thinking, that knot's going to get heat. It's going to heat up and it's going to explode. I don't care. If, I, if, I, if it blows and I die, then it's my time to see Jesus. But I prayed over that tire, and it's good, and I kept riding. I get home. Guess what? The knot was gone. I drove all the way home on a tire that had a knot this big on the side of it. And when I got home, the knot was gone. I told my wife, and Sabrina laughed at me. And I was like, I don't care. I got home, and the knot's gone. <laughs> but, and, and, and that may seem silly to you guys, but the reality is walking in the Spirit means you have, you have confidence in God in the smallest of things and even in the greatest of things. How can we expect God to heal someone of cancer if, we're not, if we won't have faith to even pray for something as minute as a tire? But what, see, and Jesus, Jesus prayed for even the smallest of things, and then he prayed even for the greatest of things to show us what it meant to be men and women that are full of faith, walking in the Spirit. That's why it was so important that he come in the flesh because until that moment, men were constantly trying to figure out ways to please God, thinking, trying to attain righteousness. They were trying to do it on their own, trying to work for it, but, and they kept coming up empty. When Jesus came and died and on the cross and we were able to have access to the Holy Spirit, then it would give us, and when we start following him and the Holy Spirit is filling us, then it gives us a way to walk as Jesus walked. But apart from the Spirit, we can't please him. We won't have that power. We won't have that desire. And you know what? The reason the Spirit is there too and Jesus came in the flesh so that he could glorify God. Through the miracles, through, through walking it out and giving God glory everything that he did. Jesus gave God glory every... Jesus was equal to God, but yet he, he, didn't, he didn't activate that. He gave all the glory to the Father, trying to show us what it meant to walk in unity with the Spirit, but give glory to God in all things. And so the world around us needs to see us walking, being men and women full of the Spirit, walking as Jesus walked so that we may give glory to God and they can see things they've never seen and know that there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? But until we realize that He gave us a way, He modeled a way we should walk the way Jesus walked, we will constantly be these people that show up to church and live a, die, a dead, dry life. I'm telling you, when you walk by the Spirit, things are exciting. My adrenaline was pumping all the way back from making, baby. Like, all right, I may, I may make it or I may die, but we're going. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's exciting walking with God. It's exciting when, when you feel God leads you and go, and, and there's somebody over here 
that you don't know from anybody. And God says, tell them your testimony. And I'm like, no, no. But then you start opening your mouth and telling them your testimony, and they begin to cry because they just needed to know that they wasn't alone in their struggle. But see, they would never have known that if you don't activate that and walk in the Spirit. That's what God's calling us to be. And walking in the Spirit is just listening to God and doing what He says, church. He came to model the way for us. We have to pay attention and walk as Jesus walked. See, that's what I love about John. Talking about how Jesus is the Word and the Word became flesh. See, I love that he, Jesus also, he often went and secluded himself. He went away from the crowd so that he could connect to the Father through the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus modeled for us what prayer life looks like. It's, 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 it, you cannot follow Jesus and ha- not have a prayer life. You cannot follow Jesus and be led by the Spirit and not have a prayer life. There's no way to... Jesus had a very intense prayer life. And when I think about going up on the mountain and praying all night, I'm like, I I can't do that. But I can pray an hour. I can pray 15 minutes. If I know that my day tomorrow is going to be grueling, there's going to be some bad stuff that's going to happen, I should be motivated to pray to God for him to move in my life and to activate, help me activate the Holy Spirit inside of me so I can walk by faith, not by sight, tomorrow, and I can be the vessel he's called me to be tomorrow. And when you come to God, when you know things are going to happen tomorrow with the expectation that he's going to move in that situation, you wake up in the morning with a whole different attitude. But it's about being intentional with walking with God that way. See, Jesus knew. See, I'm 100% convinced. When Jesus came from heaven and he was born of a virgin, he was separated from God. Even though he was on earth, he was walking on this earth. Could you imagine being from, from, from eternities before us, spending time with you, spending time with your daddy, spending time with your father, and then all of a sudden there's a time frame in which you don't spend time with him? And then the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and then he has the Holy Spirit touch, tell, speaking to him, leading him, and he goes and he prays, and he's spending time with the Father when he's praying. He's earnestly spending time with God because he desires to be in the presence of his Father. That's Jesus. See, that's what praying is. That's the desiring to be in the presence of God. It's not this, oh, God, give me $5 tomorrow. Prayers we go. Hey, God, this is Jimmy, give me. Give me this, give me that. No, it's, it's coming to God saying, Lord, I want to know you. God, I want, I want to experience you today. God, I want to be the vessel you want me to be today. God, use me today. But see, we don't pray those prayers when we're not walking by the Spirit because if you're not walking by the Spirit, your life is still all about you. God, give me this money. Give me this job. Give me, give me, give me this. Do this, do that, do that. But when you come, when you're you're truly living a life like Jesus lived, walking by the Spirit, then your whole desire is to know God on a deeper level. I found myself some days praying, God, if you're going to send trials today, send it so I can know you more. And I got done praying, I was like, man, that was stupid. It's going to be a bad day. But realizing through trials and sufferings in which we know God on a deeper level, right? I know God on a deeper level because of the struggles I've been through. Not because of the easiness of life. 
You, let me just, you show me a man and a woman of God that are like on fire for Jesus Christ, that you see God doing amazing things in them. I'll show you a man and woman that's been through the fire. But they're thankful for the fire because they knew that the fire purged out the impurities, and now they can see God in a different light. They're walking in unity with the Spirit. See, only through that in which we need to go to God in prayer. God, Jesus is trying to show us what a, a true follower of him should look like, a man and woman committed to prayer. If somebody looked at your life, if they videoed your entire life, if your life was a reality show, would, you, would, would the world around you characterize your life as being a man and woman, man or woman that is, is, is in tune with the Spirit, that you spend time with the Father, that you enjoy spending time with Jesus? Or would it be that you just kind of got him on the side when you, he's like on call. He's like a fireman. He's on call. Whenever you need it, you just page him out, and he comes to the rescue. That, hey, that's, that's not what Jesus came to, to model for us. God didn't come to rescue him in crisis. He came to God in crisis. See, so many times we're wanting God to change the situation. Often we should pray for God to change our perspective in the situation so we can see God in the midst of the hell we're walking in. And that's what Jesus did. And as I think about how he was limited, he, he, was, he was limited also in his mind as well. See, we think about how, how did Jesus know this? How did Jesus know about the, a man's heart? How did Jesus know uh, the woman at the well? How did, how did Jesus know that, that she had had five wives? It wasn't, because he was, it, was, it wasn't because he was God. It was because he was walking with the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit told him, right? Y'all with me? That Holy Spirit told him those things. And see, we think that that else only happened because he was God in the flesh. I know men and women right now that has came to me and told me stuff that I had been struggling with six months ago that I ain't told nobody but Jesus, and I didn't write it down. And they come up and say, Jeremy, you're struggling with this, this, and this. And I'm like, you got a video camera at the house? What's, what's going on? No, God told me. Does that make them God? No, they're just, they're just somebody that's led by the Spirit of God, and they're walking in unity with the Spirit. And so those, let me tell you, those things that happened to me, Blew me away. Made me realize that there was so much more to Jesus than I had ever, ever encountered. I just showing up going to church. But the people around us don't give glory to God unless we're men and women that are activating that and walking in that and living in that every single day. He came a flesh so that we could see what that looks like. Because if you were to describe that to somebody, they would say, there's no way I could do it. So Jesus says, all right, watch me. Watch me work, baby. Watch what I'm doing. Model my life. I came to be your example. I also came to be your Savior. That's what it means when Jesus came and the Word become flesh. The whole book of John is, is about pointing us to the reality of who Jesus is. The whole book of John. So every part of the creation process and then the whole part, everything. And then Jesus being born of a virgin pointing us to who Jesus is, Jesus living on this earth, Jesus being treated harshly. Everything that Jesus did was to point us to realize who he was in totality, not one aspect. All the way to the cross in which he died to pay penalty of our sins. 
All the way to when he talks about the resurrection, the showing that he was not just a man, that he was God, because he was resurrected, and now he walked. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. That whole process, John's trying to make us understand of who he is. He did, Jesus did all of that. God did all of that so we could understand who he is, but yet we, like the disciples, miss it. We miss it. We miss it. So many people miss it. Verse 10 says this. Kind of read it back in. I begin to wonder why people miss it. Well, here's why we don't, here's why people, so many people miss it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. See, the reason we miss it is because we don't recognize, we don't recognize who Jesus truly is. He didn't come to be an asset to our life, he came to be the center of our life. When those disciples left everything, they left everything they knew to follow Jesus. Jesus became the center. Jesus was everything. They got up with Jesus. They went to work with Jesus. They came home with Jesus. They made money with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Everything was missional focus because they were in the presence of Jesus. We miss things because we're not constantly being in the presence of Jesus. We get up and do a 15-minute devotion and think that's all we need. That's like, that's like taking a power, power, a cordless drill and plugging it into the wall for 15 minutes and think you're going to build a house with it. It ain't going to work. If you got one that does that, let me know. I want to go buy one. But that don't work. We don't recognize who he is. See, what the, a, a lot of us know Jesus. We have, a, we have a Sunday school mentality. We know who Jesus is. We, we've, been, we've been to vacation Bible school since we were a child. We understand that he died and resurrected from our sins. But do you understand that he did all that because of his compassion and love for us? That he knew there was no way to please him except for him to go through these things for us? He did those things because he loved us. And as I read those things, like, the world made him, was made through him, but it didn't recognize him. I can remember that my, when I was a kid, my daddy, had a, my daddy had a mustache, like one of them Hitchcock mustaches, like long, had the curl on the end. He had one for as long as I could remember as a child. And he shaved his mustache one day and didn't tell nobody. And I walked up in the house, and I, was, I remember I was like 11 years old, walked in there, and I about beat the door down trying to get out of the house. There was a stranger in my house. My daddy said, son, what are you doing? I was like, I ain't your son. I'm trying to find the keys to the truck. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get out of there. And he, Daddy kept talking, and, the, and I, I, he couldn't convince me. And the more he talked, the more, and he, he, then he began to start describing things about me that nobody would know but my daddy. And as he began to describe those things, I began to realize, Daddy, it is you. That broke my daddy's heart for a little while. He didn't tell me. He didn't cry around me. But later he told me that that, that broke my heart because you my son. You should know me even without a mustache. So when God, when Jesus came and even the, his own creation that he came to die for didn't recognize him, how much do you think that broke his heart? You know, verse 11. Verse 11 says, He came to which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
He came to his own people. He came to his own people, right? He came to his own creation, but it, it did not receive him. If we call ourselves men and women of God and God comes to us and we don't receive him, does that make us men and women of God? We're rejecting him, right? How many times have God came to you, but you've told him later? You don't fit in my calendar today, God. This don't work out for me today, God. It's, it's not about if you want him. It's either, either you have him or you don't. Either he is the center of your life or he's not. See, religion says you can go to church and you can do all these things and you're still right before God. Relationship says I abandon everything for the one I love. And so uh, many of us have a religious affiliation with God. We have a religious affiliation with Jesus. We have this, 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 this kind of like weekend romance with God, but he's not the center of our life during the week. And he came to be flesh so that we would understand what it meant to have a true love relationship with God. Not so that we can choose when we want to obey him. Not so we can choose when we want to do his will. Not so we can choose those things, but so that when he says go, we go. You know, I think one of the biggest reasons we don't do that is because we don't fear the Lord. I was a very obedient child growing up. My little brother was a different story, but I was a very obedient child. I was so scared. My daddy could look at me wrong, and I'd do it. Because I was fearful of my daddy. I, I was scared. Not only just fearful like I thought he would hurt me, but I was, just, I was afraid to not please him. I wanted to please him so much. And see, that's how we should be with our Father. We should want to please God so much that we're, we're scared not to please Him. I believe if for a second God could open up the heavens for a millisecond and us see His glory, it would change the whole perspective of your entire life. But He doesn't do that because that's, that's motivated by intimidation. He wants you to love Him in spite of yourself. He wants you to love Him wholeheartedly so that when you do see that, it's an all it is such gratitude. It is so much sweeter because you have lived your entire life living for the promise to see God. Every person you witnessed to was not to put a notch on your belt, but so that you could see them with you in the glory of God. Every person that you cared for, you didn't care for them because you wanted them to know what you did. You cared for them so they would see Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Walking as Jesus walked, being that man, being that woman led by the Spirit of God only gives God glory, which pushes people to know Him more, which pushes people to love Him more. That's why Jesus came that way. Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Anybody say praise God? Man, that's awesome. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Man, that, that, that's amazing to me. See, the reason that so many of us don't really walk it out, don't really live it out, is because we truly haven't received what's been given to us. We truly haven't received the thing that God's given. It's an awesome gift that God's given us. Not only has He given us His Son, but He's also given us His Spirit through His Son. This amazing gift that we really haven't unwrapped all the way. 
See, the way that we are men and women that appreciate Jesus being the Word, we appreciate the Word of God, we appreciate those things, the way we become men and women that are led by His Spirit, that are appreciate that Jesus being born and becoming flesh for us, is that we, number one, we receive Him. He says, yet to those who receive Him, to those who believe in His name. So, so, so what does it mean to believe? Like we've all been to church, right? We've all, we've all went to Sunday school. We've all been to, to, to VBS. We all, we all believe in Jesus, right? We all know that he was a, he was a, we think he was a prophet. We all think that all these things, we've been taught these things. But see, having head knowledge of who he is is different than having heart knowledge. To believe, I can believe that this right here is going to sustain me if I stand on it. But if I don't stand on it, I don't truly believe it. I know that it will because it has four legs, but until I stand on it, I don't truly know that it will. Y'all with me? And so many of you know who Jesus is. You know that he can sustain your life. You know that he is a rock. You know you've been taught this since you were a child, but you've never truly rested in Jesus. You've never truly rested your life in Jesus. You've never truly rested everything in your life to Christ. He's not the center. He's just something you do. He's just something you go to every now and then. He's not what your life rests in. He didn't come to be an asset to your life. He came to be what you stand on. Amen? The Word became flesh so that we could be men and women who receive this awesome gift and we stand on the promises of God and we allow Him to use us every day. So that when we just believe, we follow him. See, we put our trust in him and we follow him. There's an action to believe. To actually to believe, you have to acknowledge and walk in. You have to follow through with it. Are you following through on your commitment to Christ? So the next part, he says, to become. We believe in his name and have the right to become children of God. You believe and then you have the right to become a child of God. Salvation. It's the starting process, right? And as we walk with God, we're becoming more and more into the likeness of Christ. We're, we're shedding away the old me and growing in the new. Y'all with me? We're growing more and more into Christ's likeness. I'm not as hateful as I used to be. I'm not as mean as I used to be. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't lust after women anymore because I got my eyes on Christ. I'm following Christ. There's less of me than was before, and there's more of Christ in my life. It's a process of becoming more and more into the likeness of Christ. So you cannot claim to be a Christian and not be being transformed. It's a process, the Word says about the Spirit, that we should be, be being filled. We're constantly filled with more and more of the Spirit of God, which enables us to walk closer and closer to Jesus. And the more we walk closer to Jesus, the more glory we give to God. And the more glory we give to God, the more people see around us. See, God said that we should be the light of the world, right? Jesus is the light, and the light is in us, that we should shine bright for Him, right? So if we're shining bright, if we're giving glory to God, the more glory we give to God, the more light we shine. Ooh, this is better than y'all putting on, I'm telling you. So how much glory are you giving to God? How much light are you shining? Because if you're not shining for God then you're just burnt out and useless. There's no middle ground in that. It's either you're all in or you're all out. Last past week, we read in, in, um, in our 412, and read Luke 24, and in Luke 24, verse 47, it kind of struck me. He says, the Messiah 
end of verse 46, he says, the Messiah willing, the Messiah will suffer and raise from the dead on the third day. Verse 47, he says, and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. He says, repentance, listen to this now, listen. Be like T.D. Jakes, get ready, get ready, get ready. Y'all ready? And repentance for forgiveness of sins. And repentance for forgiveness of sins. See, Jesus came and died on the cross so that we would be forgiven of our sins, right? Everybody has the option to have our sins forgiven. Everyone in this room has the ability to have your sins forgiven for it doesn't be washed as white as snow. But see, the action of repentance, of turning from the old way and walking in the new is what cleanses you, right? It's what shows that I am accepting Jesus. It shows that I'm following Christ. It's not that he died on the cross. It's that I love him more than myself and I'm turning from who I was and I'm walking in this repentance lifestyle every day, growing more and more into the likeness of Jesus. That's what it's about, church. That's what it's about right there. It just clicked for me that day I read it. I'm like, it's all about repentance, God. It's about turning from the old life. That's what shows that I'm forgiven. Not that I go to church. It's turning my back on the old me. It's turning my back on everything that I once knew. And it's going to the goal. And it's going to the prize of the cross because you're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy of everything. That's what it's about, church. So you will constantly come up empty if you keep just going to church and going through vain religion. But until you turn from who you once were and you walk and you follow Christ every day, you desire to please Him or do you desire to eat? You desire to please Him or do you desire anything else? That's when true life change will happen. That's when your life will be turned upside down. That's when you will give glory to God. And that's when people around you will say, what in the world do you have that I don't? But until that happens, people will say, oh, you just like I am. Because you've not truly received the gift See, the gift is the gift of God. He's given it to us. It's wrapped up in this gold wrapper, and he's given it to every one of us. And some of us are like, I'll just open this thing later. Some of us open it up and we're like, oh, this is nice, but, oh, I'm too unworthy to accept it. Some of us open it up and be like, you know what, I, this is great, but I don't really want this right now. It's a gift God's given us. He gave us His precious Son, and He gave us His Holy Spirit so that we cannot walk by sight, but walk by faith. Church, y'all with me? So that we could value God more than ourselves and turn our back on who we were and walk as Jesus walked and pursue Him because we love Him. That's what it's about. To become more and more like Jesus. I love the next thing. He says, children born not of natural descent, not of human decision or, or husband's will, but born of God. So, so what does being born of God mean? It means you get a new heart, right? You get born of God. Your, your rebirth is brand new. It's a start over. It's a relaunch, right? Some of you, you've been, you've been getting constantly shot with a defibrillator. You've been trying to restart that old heart over and over and over. And that old heart's bad. That old heart's bad. No matter how much you keep trying to resuscitate, no matter how good you try to do, it's going to keep failing you. But until you surrender it to God and allow Him to put in you a new heart, 
You'll keep wanting to do the same old things. He says, I will give you a new heart. I, put, I will put in you a new direction for your life. When you are filled with this new heart, a new direction happens. See, many people believe that as long as they do the right thing, as long as they do the right thing, then they're right with God. As long as they do the right thing, they're right with God. But see, being a born again, you can't be going in the same direction you've always been and expect to be born again. It don't happen. Be born again means to be changed. And there's too many people that show up to church every Sunday that need to be born again, not resuscitated. And I hope today that some of y'all sign that letter. Don't don't resuscitate. Don't do it. Let me die so that Christ can live in me. Let me be real. Stop letting me be fake. Having faith, following Christ, it can't start with having faith and then end up in just doing things. That's what it always turns into if you're not focused on the cross, you're not focused on Christ, if you're not loving Him and pursuing Him. Receiving Him means that you receive this gift that's given to you. See, today we're going to be giving away Father's Day. We're going to be giving away a gift card for meat for the month. Man, I don't know a man in here don't like to grill. We're going to give that away because we want to get a gift to a father. We have bought it, but you got to receive it. You got to come get it, right? You got to go use it. If you receive it and you don't ever go buy it, then it's like you never won nothing, right? You didn't, receive, you didn't get it. You got to activate, you got to use it, right? Receiving is not performing, though. It's not about being good enough. You can't be good enough. Jesus was good enough in your place. Amen? Amen, that's awesome. He was good enough in our place. We don't have to be good enough. We have to be pursuing Him. We're being renewed every day more and more to His likeness. See, we sang that song last week, that the cross has the final word. See, Jesus has the final word over our lives if we will rest in Him. we got to quit trying to prove yourself. Just love Jesus. Just pursue Him. Just follow Him, and everything else will work out. See, receiving Him also means that it's a personal choice. You can receive or you can reject. It's not about going to church or even being more religious. Going to church don't make you a Christian no more than going to Walmart makes me an employee there. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's truly pursuing Him. Receiving Him means I personally, I surrender all. I surrender my life. I surrender everything to Him right now. So let me ask you a serious question. Can you honestly say that you have truly received Him? Have you truly received Him? Maybe you came to this service and and this whole past year has been full of frustration. It's been full of heartache. Everything in the world has kind of went wrong, it seems. And you feel hopeless because a lot of times our hope is in our stuff instead of in Christ. And a lot of times what God will do is when we have all our hope and all this stuff, He'll take the stuff to realize that we're empty without Him. And it's a harsh reality because we don't think, because we love our stuff, and sometimes our stuff is our God. Oh, we, we ain't going to amen that, huh? You're going to be... But the reality is, through the struggle, He's trying to reveal Himself to you. Through the struggle, He's trying to show that religion is empty. Through the struggle, He's trying to show you that He loves you and He wants you. Church, I'm going to tell you that you're not sufficient to be your own Lord. You're 
not sufficient to be your own savior. If it was, there would have been no need for the cross. Maybe this past year you've lost your job, your, your marriage has been disintegrating, you've, you've dealt with a sick child, maybe, maybe there's been personal, maybe you've been lonely, trying to find or out someone. Maybe there's been some kind of failure in your life. And maybe all this has shown you that, that for the first time in your life you realize that you need something more. You realize that, that what you've had is not sufficient. You need something more. You need to clutch into Christ. You need to, you need to really dive into His grace. You need, to, you need to strive for Him and His perfection in your life. Sometimes God puts us, I know He does me, He has to put me sometimes flat on my back. So the only place I can look is up. And we fight and we fuss about the struggle, but He's trying to get us down so we can look up to Him. And maybe today is the time to stop complaining and maybe today is the time to start looking up. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. I can't do this without Jesus. And I'm not talking about preaching. I can't live without Jesus. Like I'm telling you, Jesus is life. The moment I chose Christ, He's life. Is Jesus your life? Is Jesus your everything? What is Jesus in your life? And I know that you were brought here today. I know there's some of you here today that need to receive Christ. Some of you have been needing to receive Christ for a long time, but you've been thinking you've been okay because you've been skating along. But you're empty inside. You've been trying to do it on your own. You keep coming up short. And your pride won't make you, won't allow you to admit that you've been lost because you got everybody else faking thinking that you're saved eternity is too long and life is too short to worry about anybody but Jesus today receive the gift receive the gift today take it home with you let it be activated in your life it's a personal choice guys it's only received this gift is only received by faith in God and repentance it's only received by those two things it's having faith and it's turning from who I once was amen so I, today I hope that someone in this room realize that God is the God of the universe but he also he sent his son Jesus to show us how to live and to love God how to be the light and that we have to receive this gift that he gave us this perfect gift of salvation and live it out every day so that we can give glory to God to reach the world around us is there anybody in here today that, that I'm, that you, you say, I'm, Jeremy, you're speaking straight, straight to my heart. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Like, I have been empty. I don't know what I've been struggling through. I thought I was right, but I've not truly been walking in it. I had truly received salvation. I may have had an affiliation. I may have raised my hand. I may have even been baptized, but I have truly not been walking with God because I have, I, he's not filling me. I'm not led by Jesus. If that's you today, you have not truly received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to challenge you to raise your hand so we can pray for you. We can pray over you. and we can, we can just glorify God because you chose Jesus over yourself. Is there anybody? Anybody? Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. 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 One of our prayer team, brother, wants to come pray with you and pray for you. That's awesome. Anybody else? The ice has been broken. The ice has been broken. And you know what? You might can hide it, but you can't hide from God. 
and he knows your heart. So what is keeping you today? What's keeping you today from, from walking in the Spirit? Because don't lie to me. And don't lie to God. Most people don't, don't walk by the Spirit. We're walking by our, our, our experiences. We're walking by our expectations. We're not being led by God every day. So what's keeping you from being that man and woman that is receiving the other part of the gift? And that's the gift of the Spirit. Walking with the Holy Spirit. What's keeping you from that? What's keeping you from desiring to spend time with God? What's keeping you from being the light? What's keeping you from being used by God in a powerful way? What is keeping you from those things? Because it wasn't God's design for your life to sit still. It wasn't God's design for your life to sit there and be quiet. It was God's design for you to be used. Every ounce, just like every ounce of Jesus' blood was shed for you and me, every ounce of our lives should be given to Him every day. So when the day ends and the roll is called up yonder, is my God going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or is He going to say, you wasted a lot of time, son. We get to decide that. We get to receive that. We get to choose that. Y'all stand with me. I want you guys to really think about it. We didn't come here to perform nothing. We came here for we would know God and love Him more deeply. So y'all do whatever God's calling you to do. If God's moving your heart, y'all come to this altar. If you need special prayer, I'll be standing right here on the front row. Come grab me. But let's do business of God. Let's pray. Father, I come to you right now, and God, we pray. Lord, that you would move in our hearts. That we wouldn't just be people that are fake. That we wouldn't be people that are just going through the motions, God. We wouldn't just keep putting up with emptiness, but God, we would rest in you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would let us see for who you are. And I pray, God, that all of us in this room, if we're not walking as you walked, if we're not pursuing you intensely, if we're not missional, God, moving our hearts, God, show us what needs to go so that you can fill us more with your spirit, Lord. Lord, show us what we need to repent from. Show us, God, things that we need to turn away from. Lord, it's a lifestyle of repentance. It's not a one time of saying, God, I'm sorry. It's being broken of my sin and turning from it and not going back there. God, help us, Lord. Give us that brokenness we need. God, give us that passion we need. Father, we beg you today. God, make us into the image of your son that only you can do, God. Lord, we're hopeless without you. God, we're desperate for you to move. God, we beg you to change us so the world around us can glorify you because of what you've done in us, Lord Jesus. So God, we beg you to move. Holy Spirit, we ask you to touch our hearts. God, make us move. God, if our legs won't move, then move them for us, God. Help us, God, submit to your will. Help us, God, just be the people you called us to be. Not fake, not, not ignorant, but God, people that love you, that, that desire you, Lord. Help us be those people, God, we beg you today. Lord, not just for our sake, Lord, but for your glory, Lord. For your glory, help us move. For this community, help us move. For our families, help us move. Lord God, for our children, help us move. God, please, Lord God, I beg you to help us. I pray for the pride to go away. And I pray for a submissive spirit to fall upon us. Lord, it's in your hands.